0: what's up everyone icebox pod episode 49 one away from big time 50 i see ice cards 412 sports cards we're here i think we both are feeling very excited to record today i don't know why matt is you know maybe just you know card mood but i definitely am after i had a little bit more free time to kind of poke around in the card world got me excited but yeah matt how we doing how's the day
1: Pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I am maybe just in the card mood. I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you, you, I know why you're excited. You've been almost like a little out of it or not as into it as you usually Probably. are just because yeah. of work. But yeah, it seems like had a couple good, well, you bought the limited logos card that we're going to talk about a little. Um, a yeah. little into this. So you kind of like got back into the pickup. Yeah. Uh, Pick up grind. And then you also, you were saying like you listed some stuff. So I did. I started, I put some stuff
0: up on eBay. I didn't get all the stuff up on eBay I wanted to, uh, because there wasn't enough time. But I'm hoping later tonight to finish the job of listing the stuff on eBay that I wanted to. I thought about consigning this stuff, but low key, like glad I did not because I, I kind of enjoy the whole buying and selling and managing that process. It's, i don't know kind of fun i enjoy the selling after you buy something to pay for it phase
1: oh yeah
0: it's kind of fun definitely so that's where i'm uh, at right now
1: so is that so you listed like buy it now's then
0: yeah i just yeah i'm too scared to auction anything else myself because i don't think i have a big enough page and honestly if i'm being honest I'm too lazy to take a perfect picture so you know we're dealing with a subpar picture a sub (laughs) you know like a non-consigner account so i don't think i'm really raking in the bidders so if i was going to auction from this point forward unless it was like some really special circumstances i'd probably just consign but i enjoy the buy it now life
1: yeah so do i i don't i don't really run too many auctions uh besides like obviously sending consignments but
0: I like getting the offers in, fielding the offers, come through. Wake up in the yeah. morning. Sometimes you got a couple offers in there.
1: Yeah, overnight seems to be like I know time when stuff comes in. Like usually, my offers come in overnight, and then I see them in the morning. So
0: same, Kinda same.
1: Cool, yeah.
0: It's like a it's like an added part of the hobby morning routine.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's like, pretty exciting. Wake up drink some water brush your teeth ebay offers kind of (laughs) yeah and i'm back
0: baby got stuff listed on ebay again yeah ready to reel in some offers but super excited i made a deal on ig yesterday while i was sitting around working had some football on in the background you know that more distracted sunday variety of work you don't feel as somehow as obligated to be working quite as hard. But uh, got goes scrolling, going through the stories, uh, uh, ignore that phone. And some guy responds or some guys has on a story, just a whole bunch of cup limited logos, tons of them, tons and tons of them. And I was initially intrigued by this Crosby I saw, but then I couldn't do that because it was too much money. And then I saw this Malkin one and it's, I don't know what year it is. You know, I never even asked the guy what the year was. I just, I just was like, yeah, looks pretty yeah. cool. I, I didn't even take the time really to look up what year it was. I was like, gave me a price. It's like 500 Canadian or best offer. And I was like, you know, how about 375? And then we eventually, you know, met in the middle, got a deal done. And I'm super excited to have it coming. I think it's just such a cool card. I got the Malkin because it was more budget-friendly.
1: Yeah, what did you... Uh... For the listeners, you can head to his IG page and see it. But yeah. what did you say the patches of?
0: It's of? Oh, it's actually not up on the IG page yet, I don't think. Oh, but you could see it on the guy who I bought it from. But the patch is like the the glove, like the hockey glove of the Penguin.
1: Oh, I can see it. Yeah,
0: so it's like part of the chess logo. Um, I mean, it looks pretty cool. nice. The best comp, I guess, out there. There's a nine five, also a glove piece. Um, I personally think I might like this. The two, it's 2010. I think I might like that year better than the one that I have. But that one was a BGS nine five, did 450 bucks, and so this was like 310 bucks in usd so i was really happy really excited should be awesome
1: cool pc pc card
0: guys like i've had it for 10 years and he told me he clearly is a big collector you know that they're a real collector when he said please don't put this out in direct sun for extended periods of time he said i've had this for 10 years and it has not seen direct sunlight in 10 years to protect the autograph please take good care of it and i was like i got you
1: that's very cool.
0: It is really cool.
1: Yeah, th- I, that is cool. He has a very nice auto. That's the first thing I noticed. It's very. Do unique. you li-
0: do you like it? It's his
1: old auto. Yeah, so he I, has a I,
0: newer I, auto, which is less loopy and more like angular and gross looking.
1: Yeah, I I really like it. Um, I thought that
0: was- is basically his rookie auto, the auto that's on that card. But he has oh, he has
1: more his old auto is definitely better.
0: Yeah, because the other the more recent auto gets very angular. Yeah. Oh, there's a more recent um one with a less good patch in the less good auto I see from January for 240 bucks. So I don't know. I feel like mine was probably about fair. I wasn't looking really to you know get a bargain basement price. I just kind of wanted a cool card at a fair price.
1: Yeah. And that's a Less, cool set to get one. Yeah. Limited logos
0: out of 25. Yeah. I was pretty that's excited. Good pickup. Yeah. Got me reinvigorated. Yeah. You, you made any pickups recently?
1: Um, Actually, I, I
0: know you have. A guy yeah, messaged me vouching for you yesterday. And that's how I know that you were making deals. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes.
1: I, uh, I did a trade um got a kobe uh spotlight auto so mm. that should be that should be coming shortly i, w- I want to say like thursday is the estimated delivery um i see that you
0: took the role of the the more known dealer where you are getting the cards before mailing yours
1: yes i am getting the cards first which is nice i very much like that <laughs> yeah, i think <laughs> yeah, everyone I does yeah it was a yeah it was an interesting deal it's always like funny how things circle because he sent me a ton of his trade bait and mm-hmm. you know there was a couple of the cars that i recognized from dallas so i was like oh hey, really I'm, and yeah and he's from dallas so i was like i'm pretty sure we met Wild. At, like some point in the show so that was kind of cool that is pretty cool so yeah happy to get that deal done um I haven't. I was thinking about this today. I haven't owned a Kobe auto in, I mean, like a long time. I think I've only owned one.
0: I have. I owned one at one point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I owned one and I sold it like for way too cheap. Like, this is back pre oh. pandemic, pre everything. Like, so. Yeah, didn't get very much for it and just I don't know. They just don't really ever fall into my hands. So I'm excited to have one and and have an on-card one too.
0: Yeah, the one you got's pretty nice, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm excited to see what it looks like in person. That's what so, though, yeah, because those gold ink that gold ink is a little
0: little difficult to tell sometimes on the yeah. camera. It can be a little hit or miss.
1: Right. But yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for that.
0: I would be too. I owned that 98 Tops Kobe, that one that's his like first oh, paper yeah. auto. Honestly, yeah. I'm just looking them up right now. They sell for almost exactly what I sold it for. Gotcha. So okay. They've just been level. And I, I sold it like a year ago. So, I mean, honestly, that I, I think that's not terrible. Yeah, that's
1: actually pretty good.
0: I know. That's what I was thinking. It's It's level for like a year.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it's not like cut in half or something.
0: I know. Me too. Wow. I guess like, it just depends which ones you buy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know a lot of Kobe stuff did take a really hard hit. So that that's why
0: I was so hard. surprised. Maybe it's just because it's like a paper card. Like maybe it, it never ran like other stuff did. So maybe it just never fell like other stuff fell.
1: Sure. Yeah. That, that makes sense.
0: Kind of cool though. Wow. So exciting trades. You'll have to update at least me on how the auto looks in person. I've never actually yeah. owned one of those before.
1: Um, Like a spotlight auto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I have either. Um, Yeah, I don't think I have. So I'm excited. I've seen a couple in person. Oh, okay. Uh, I know I've seen like the Donovan Mitchell one in person. Um, I used to really badly want the Giannis one. Have you ever Ooh, seen from
0: thirteen? Yeah. Or no, maybe it's not.
1: There, there's two that I really like. There's the, there's like that second year one, that, is crazy. I don't think it's a spotlight, but it's a noir. And then the spotlight one where his back's turned, and you can see like the back of his jersey, and then it's signed. That I
0: think you've spotlight. showed me that one before. Actually,
1: yeah, I, I love that card. I've never owned it, but. I, I would like to someday.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's... Those Noirs are nice. I think Noir might be my favorite basketball set. I, yeah. I I think it actually, like, definitely is my favorite basketball set.
1: Are you a fan of the sneaker spotlights? Eh. Or mostly the other, yeah.
0: I, I, I'm not going to lie. The sneaker spotlights don't do a ton for me. Maybe I, I'm... uh weird because of that because they go for way more than like the other stuff does i really enjoy the the patch autos i enjoy the color one and then the black and white one recent years kind of tarnished in my opinion by the fact that the patch is like non-affiliated that i have trouble getting over that but i also really just like those ones that have like a black and white picture or a color picture with that rainbow foil board like just a strip of rainbow foil the whole way around And then like an auto above the picture or below the picture. Really like those. Like those are super nice looking cards. I've almost bought a Jaron one just for the sake of it. Like, but it it always costs more than I'd like it to cost. So I never do, but.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a product that sells well. That's for sure. Yeah, pretty
0: cool though. I think, where do you want to move to? Do you want to move to discussion about Kind of the market in general, or do you want to move to the, as as they said in Lucas Tigers Bronze creative pricing?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that quick. I'm I'm curious because, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know what's meant by that. So, yeah,
0: I yeah, I'll bring the listeners up to date. It's something I've been I've thought has been really, really interesting that they've been talking about more and more ever since they had the Iron Chic. Uh, on their show if you know that guy he's on instagram a lot has big cards but they had him on and he started talking about how you know you make deals and you know it's important to have data on the public sales and you know if you use card ladder use 130 point or maybe you pay for like terra peak or something and you can get like even older like more reliable ebay data or stuff like that. And he's like, but what's really valuable is the, is the knowledge of private sales. And he said, and that is where the killing is made. And he said, and it is also where you can be with knowledge of that, you can begin to uh, like develop creative pricing. Basically, just making prices out of thin air and storytelling to justify prices out of thin air. On cards with like no comps and i think the more and more that they talked about the stuff on their podcast recently they basically have said you know you can just the all the, the only money really being made now is on the creative pricing or you can like make a price because otherwise if you think to yourself wow like even you recently like on golden made several buys on golden and you're like these are available and like if you said they're available like you think you got a good price i assume you know because you're not just going to go sell these for less than you bought them for and it's not the point of the game but but you but people can go out there use those comps against you yeah Uh, but but i guess what they're saying is that they're saying is that the the gold is to be made on cards that can be creatively priced where you can just manufacture prices out of thin air. And I was wondering, is that what do you think about that like when you go to shows just buying cards that you can just manufacture prices and no one can be like but look at this comp and use it against you?
1: Uh yeah. Honestly, yeah. And uh kind of more to the beginning of what you were saying was knowledge of private sales yeah um i've really gotten like into that it's- knowing that recently especially with brady stuff
0: so i had a question when i was listening to their podcast i thought to myself i didn't under i understood how the creative pricing was like so powerful and like how people just really want cards that can be creatively priced. And like that made sense to me. But I explain to me what you mean there. How is what is the value in knowing these private sales? Cause I don't, does it just do you, if you know what a, cause like say some Brady card has no public comps, but it went privately to one dude for $15,000. And you think it could be anywhere in the 10 to 30 thousand dollar range like what does no like would it be it wouldn't be the worst to buy it at like 20 because like no one else in theory knows that this 15 comp exists right or like what's the value you gain from knowing these private
1: sales i think the i think the value of private sales helps you sell more than buy hmm because I've told a lot of people things like hey I want three grand for this card I know my buddy sold one last week for 3200 or something. Oh I see. Like, like that is what I more think of when like knowing that. Like for instance my three Brady Immaculate patch autos. Yeah. I mean there hasn't been a comp on that card and. Price, oh, six months, probably. Mm-hmm. But I know what one went for in Dallas. Did you buy it? And no. no. Oh, okay, didn't. okay. <laughs> so, like, I, I just know what it... I, I know a mm-hmm. very, very good ballpark of what it went for. Like, not mm-hmm. the exact number, but, like, very close.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like... Yeah, if I were to sell one of mine then I would be like, Hey, this is what I saw one go for in Dallas or, and now it gives me a little bit um, like, Oh, this is what they're worth now. Like, this is what someone's willing to pay.
0: And I guess at first, the first thought in my head when I heard you say that was like, well, what does it matter? It's like just what one guy paid for, but that's literally all that the comps on eBay are. They're one guy who paid for it. So it's like, I never really thought about this, but it's like literally no different from an eBay comp, especially if it's like the comp is buy it now.
1: Right. Yeah. That's just a buy it now or best offer basically. Yeah. That's kind of wild actually to think about.
0: Yeah. I I now see what you mean from like a selling standpoint. It's extremely useful and maybe even the buying standpoint, I guess, because it's just like bonus comps that no one else knows about.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's just you have more knowledge on something than somebody else, which is always a good thing.
0: And I think it hinges on the fact that you saying, I know a guy who sold one for this in Dallas has weight to the buyer. That's definitely the kind of crux of the value there. But that I feel like that probably would work.
1: Yeah, I I actually did that um, relatively Recently, maybe like a and it, and it worked because
0: I I would be initially suspect that I would be me the buyer would be like, well, how do I know that that's real? Right. And I think maybe it only works if you have strong character and strong brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, like for me personally, I wouldn't really put weight to it. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, like, a person like said that to me, but you know what I did do, which helped me so much, is I had a Lawrence, um xrc 9.5 and you you know the people that like take pictures of their deals and like post it on instagram story sure um so some somebody moved the psa 10 Mm -hmm. in Dallas, and they took a picture of the of the cash on the table with like one card oh my gosh and so i screenshotted it and it was like a PSA 10 moved for like seven K and then like a thousand dollar card. So then I would show people I'd be like, here's a PSA 10 that moved in Dallas for eight K and I want four for my 9.5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it actually did help me sell the car.
0: Wow. That so, is some advanced yeah. behind the scenes work guys. That yeah. is, you know, that's definitely the case. And I I guess it also depends if you know the person, but like there are people that I've been like that I've been like IG like hobby friends with who I've been owning some of the same cards that they've owned. And I've basically said if they sell one privately, I'd be like, if you don't mind me asking, what did you get for it just to like you know have an understanding of where things are at and if it's a friend i feel like people will share that information a decent amount of the time not on the buy side but on the sell side they will
1: yeah i think uh uh, yeah i think it yeah just depends how good of a friend they are
0: because they have to be a decent friend and they also have to not be like all about only grinding
1: yeah yeah i I mean I, I think I, I would tell close friends like what I bought something for. Um, well I but you would probably tell
0: more a larger group of people what you sold something for if they asked, right?
1: Um or no. Honestly, I don't know because I I always honestly probably not. I probably just, just tell close friends like things because Telling what you sold something for, you're kind of, like, you're telling what somebody paid. Uh, yeah. Well, like then, like there's cards that I bought where I don't want people knowing what I paid.
0: Yeah. Necessarily. That's, that's definitely fair. I guess you got it. I mean, out of respect for the other person, you do have to kind of keep it pretty close.
1: Right. Yeah. Out of, out of respect for the other person, I wouldn't share what I sold something for to that many people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unless it was, you know, know, like a close friend or something or, you know, but that's obviously different.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I guess, yeah, you don't want that exploding. I've only ever really asked like two people like what they sold something for. And the one guy said, no, I won't tell you. And I was like, you know, whatever. It was worth a try. I was just curious. No, no worries. And the other guy told me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of just an individual thing. I don't think either way is necessarily right or wrong. I just I would just worry about the other person like getting upset.
0: Yeah, um, that's definitely a legit, legit fear.
1: Like I, I think I think that the buyer could almost always tell and be like, hey, I paid this without offending anybody.
0: Well, yeah, but the no buyer's ever gonna do that.
1: Right. So I think it's more the seller that has to be careful.
0: Yeah. Cause it's easier for the seller to do, but maybe has ramifications on other people. So you shouldn't be doing
1: it. Right. Yeah. Whereas if the buyer says, what he you paid? It's, it's his own problem. It affects himself. So,
0: yeah. Well, good thing. I'm not unloading that limited logos. Malcolm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, yeah. always uh, if it's PC, you don't have to worry about that. All that kind of stuff. I definitely don't
0: have to. It's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: This stuff just going to sit around unless I, you know, sold it for like a similar but different card. True. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So what were you kind of said, I don't know if you were like thinking about this a little bit or. Or what exactly? But you were thinking about kind of, I don't know, like hobby economics almost.
0: Yeah, as a whole. I mean, it's on the mind. People are talking about it. There's a lot of chatter. Yeah, a lot of chatter on the IG, IG airwaves.
1: So what are your? I don't know, like what what was your train of thought? Like what are your? I don't know. What do you think's gonna gonna happen in the future? What do you think's happening now?
0: My train of thought is that things are a lot more correlated to like stock market performance than I originally anticipated by a lot. Like, I think it's way more correlated than I, than I ever expected. It was and I think I underestimated perhaps the amount, amount of people buying beyond their means or being out over their skis on stuff. And I think that because it's almost like what's going because the only reason you ever have sell off, I mean, unless you're like some in the stock market, unless you're like some hedge fund that they like operate, you know, buy, sell, buy, sell, But the or you're an active trader. If you're not an active trader, you're just the only reason you sell is because you're worried you're out over your skis. You know, you got too much on the table. You know, I should never have had this much on the table. Uh, And I think. I underestimated the amount of people that feel that way in cards. It's clearly a lot or we would not have all this, these cards bleeding out because it's now no longer just the low end that is, is doing it. It's, it's moving into stuff that was previously more durable. And there definitely are signs that stuff that was more durable and perhaps higher quality as many people myself included have dubbed it are, are proving to not be as impermeable to like macro economic environments as I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just looking at auction houses and, you know, PWCC premieres and, and stuff like that, it is a little alarming. Like, I mean we've seen two curry uh, rookie tops Chrome golds sell in the last like two months and there's only 50 of those like those yeah. should not be th- those should not be moving that often um, no similar with uh, you know certain Brady cards I've noticed that a lot with um, I mean there's a Jor- uh, there's a Jordan 10 in every single big auction. So,
0: well, yeah, but that's been that way for a bit.
1: But, yeah. Um, Yeah, it is a little concerning. Like, what are... Are people really just taking losses like that fast? I mean, there was... uh The last Golden Auction. I mean, there was a Jordan in there that had just sold three months ago. Jeez. And it was like a high-end exquisite and the owner took a loss. Um uh, Yeah, I don't... I'm not
0: 100% sure what's going on. It's hard to tell. And I guess with prices decreasing across the board, right? Maybe it isn't as hard to tell as I thought. I was going to say it's hard to tell if the money is just being reallocated to different cards or if it's just being taken off the table. But with prices falling across the board, it's being taken off the table. It's pretty clear. you know. There's less money in the system than there used to be. But I'm not 100% sure what where the money is, is going. And I think a lot of people might say this is, you know, why the heck do you, do I care? I don't know. I think it's helpful to know and to try to come up with ideas, look at how the market functions, understand like back into the understanding how people think about this stuff, how people are generally feeling the positions are generally in. I think it's just good for understanding the marketplace. I, I don't know because I think about myself and I do not feel that I'm out over my skis. I mean, I more or less have been using the same money that's been in there for years and it's the same money I've taken, taken a couple big chunks just out, just, you know, sorted life purposes, but I don't feel like I'm overextended. And if I took, if I sold something like one of my big cards, like, Say I was like scared and I sold my Crosby ultimate like auto. It's like one one of my big cards. What what am I going to do with that money? You know, if you're not out over your skis, you don't need to worry about you don't need it for the day to day. Right. And if you know what I mean, if the paycheck that comes in pays the bills and I mean, unless of course, you know, you were just cutting it so close to begin with that maybe prices have gone up a little bit. The paycheck doesn't quite pay the bills. And then, you know, you just need a little extra help. I, I'm unsure what exactly is going on. It just makes me weary and that there, there could be a lot more, a lot more over leveraged people than I thought there were.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's interesting right now. And I, I don't know why this is, but I feel like auctioning off a card, um, you know, that's hi- like higher end is just a bad idea.
0: Yeah. It's well, I, if it's a one of one or something, maybe
1: I'm Reckon thinking of that it.
0: Herbert. Even the shine head.
1: Yeah. Even, yeah. So if it's like, you know, I mean that Herbert's probably like a top 10 like hobby card. Um Yeah,
0: I mean it's a big card, big modern card. Yeah.
1: And but even uh you know, for example, like uh, there was a Brady flawless patch, uh 2014 9.5. I don't know if you saw that.
0: No. Um it was just
1: just game used patch, flawless. Mm-hmm. Probably worth a lot <laughs> though. Uh yeah, it went for like 10 grand.
0: Jeez. Yeah.
1: And but which that's a whole number another conversation in of itself. But (laughs) I don't um, have time for that. But you know, there's big Brady guys that were posting and saying, Hey, whoever won this auction, like I've seen private sales of 8.5s and nines that were higher than the 10k you paid. Like these have been moving you know, behind the scenes for a lot more money. And so it's like, why, you think that person could have, instead of auctioning a $10,000 card in the PW premiere, why weren't they posting it on Instagram or Facebook for 20? And seeing what kind of trade or what kind of. Yeah. What what shows up. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I didn't see that card posted until it got sent to Pwcc for auction. So like why is it not being um posted in like Brady Facebook groups or Instagram or in you know like you'd think that Mm -hmm. there's enough buyers for Brady privately that you wouldn't have to yeah auction off a card and have it go have a nine five go for less than an eight five or nines have been selling for privately. That just doesn't make any sense. It's almost
0: like people are running for liquidity but in a way it's not even that much more liquidity. It's not even that much faster than, unless you had no idea the channels of how to find these Brady collectors on IG and Facebook, which I highly doubt someone who owns a card like that. I highly doubt that they are not on IG or Facebook and in touch with Brady collectors.
1: Right, yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. and I don't know, if I had like, a big Brady right now. I I wouldn't auction it off.
0: No. I, mean, I, I, I would kind of just want to hold the course. I mean, you know, if you have the money, if the money was like, you know, just extra income that you, you know, didn't need for living expenses anyway. You didn't feel you're in too much, too, too, you know, you're out, you're not allocated too much to high risk stuff. You felt comfortable with where you were. I don't know. I don't know why you'd unload it yeah and I don't feel like my thoughts of, about the card the safety of cards in general has really changed. I kind of feel about the same way I did before. I like could come down like a decent amount if like general economic stuff goes down, but probably bounces back a little faster and a little stronger. It's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think if you have the resources to hang it out, then that's probably a good idea overall
0: i would agree hopefully hopefully people out there hang in there you know i think that it could be some turbulent times ahead maybe but i mean it's all about just your approach you approach it you got the right you know you're not in past what you can handle you should have no problems whatsoever really and we're now under a minute on what's left on the zoom i wish i had expensive zoom on days like this because i feel like we could have gone for a long time But alas, we're operating on a budget here. Free Zoom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tune in next week and maybe we'll continue this uh, conversation a little bit more. I think it would be fun to.
0: Yeah. Episode 50. Maybe by next episode, I'll scrounge up someone's pay Zoom uh, to (laughs) use. So episode 50 doesn't have to be short. That's the goal. Anyways. Yeah. I think that's it for us. We're going to run out of time here, but catch you all next week.
1: Thanks for listening.